Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by one of Maryland's newest uh, breweries. I don't think, definitely not the newest though, because Homemade is newer than you all, correct? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm joined by the founders of Pipe the Side Brewing Company, uh, Carol Gorsuch and Tim Eccles. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So first, I want to congratulate you on finding the um, puffy vest that you were searching for. <laughs> I, it was probably a big highlight of the, um, of the year. That quest isn't over. Yeah, it's still it's ongoing. Oh no! Did it not work it was, out? It's it's not my favorite. It was a forty-five minute conversation um, that led to probably a forty-five minute search on eBay. And we've now purchased what three best for you? Yeah, we purchased three. <laughs> one, one was a two X that I think was maybe like a two X toddler. <laughs> yeah, that was tiny. Yeah, so we're currently waiting on the third one. The, the the eBay one's working out all right. It really smelled bad at first. I so vests are something I've never quite understood though, because I, I I I don't understand. I mean, I guess like from the physiological part, if you keep your core warm, the rest of you's warm. But it's usually my extremities that are the cold parts. So like uh, vests have always confused me. I'm also yeah. not very bright, so that might be why too. I don't know where I became obsessed with it. I think it was, um, I think we were down at Saints Row and Tony had a hoodie on with a vest and I was like, oh, that's probably super comfortable if, you're, if your environment's cold. And then I went on a quest to find one. And I did. Talk about it incessantly for a long time. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face. You don't want to talk about vests anymore. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I could uh, bring that up for you then. Nice. Uh, um, first, uh, why don't you tell people where you're located and when did you open? All right. So we're, we're located in uh, Hampstead, Maryland, which is Carroll County. We're um, on the southeast side of Carroll mm-hmm. County. So more towards we're we're right on the line really with Baltimore County. Um, we're in the Roberts Field Shopping Center. Um, which is, uh, <laughs> is a blessing and a curse because we have a ton of parking, but uh, also the shopping center has a lot of empty space. Um, and we opened, we've been at this since 2018, uh, and just opened, I think November 21st was our first day. Okay. Um, and we the tap room's closed. We, well, not, it's, we don't do in-person seating. We just have um, to-go sales right now. And very limited. As in four seats, outdoor seating. Yeah. So get there early. Get there early. <laughs> um, so why did you decide to open during a pandemic? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that we did. Um, <laughs> so I, I think we kind of got um, stuck. We got stuck in. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. So we had. Uh, we were pretty much ready to go, and then COVID happened. Okay. Which other things on the back end got bumped, like construction and build out, because it's really hard to open if you don't have a space. 
And I think in general, a lot of things went on pause while people were figuring out what happened next. Because, yeah. I mean, if you think back to March almost a year ago, people, I mean, we were all staring, waiting for updates from press conferences from a governor, I mean, like almost yeah. daily. Yeah, having so no idea what Nobody how we... really knew, yeah, what was going on. So we started construction in June. June, I think, yeah. begin, somewhere in the beginning of June, and it finished up somewhere in August-ish. Um, but then you have your inspections that come along with that that had to be closed out. And on top of that, all not all, but a lot of the, the offices that are you know doing these inspections are all limited, right? People are working out of their cars. Offices are closed. State offices are closed. Some people are working. Some people aren't. So just the timeline, and then you, we finally got everything, and then you, what do you do? Do you just sit and stay closed and continue to pay rent? Yeah. Or do you try to figure out something yeah. to and go we, forward? Yeah, and we you know, we, we made a few mistakes along the way, right? We, we probably signed our lease way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, like a year. And, we, and, <laughs> and they, like Carol said, COVID hit, and I think we – like two days before the IRS stopped taking requests for tax transcript documents, uh, we found out that the bank had made a mistake on our form. So we had to resubmit everything. So the paperwork had already, we were too far along to have an out on the loan. Okay. Uh, and it just, it, it, it just kind of one thing led to another. And it was just like, do we cut pay totally or do we mm-hmm. just go? And we just went for it. We just, and now we're here Kept in Hampstead trying to explain to the locals what a crawler is. <laughs> <laughs> and what IBUs mean. <laughs> Which is fine, because that's what we signed up for. We just didn't know we were signing up for it in a to-go capacity. Yeah, which makes it a lot harder to have those conversations and those instructional moments when it's just yeah. someone running in real quick to... So are you doing... Like in it, like website ordering, or is it just people come in no. order? Okay, yeah. It's so you you've completely online. We're just open that one Saturday for pickup. Okay, yeah. but there for a while, I mean, people were the first couple of weeks. The online ordering was it was going really well, and then I think people found out they could come in and do samples, and then we'll fill a crawler of what you try. Okay, so now it's almost transitioned mm-hmm. to almost all. Just walk in business um but it's you know it's gone it's gone re- really well i mean it's you know we, we seem to be the word seems to be spreading outside of the area um you know we're getting more people in who said they've heard about us through somebody else and you know the, the word of mouth marketing is really what we have right now outside of the few dollars we allocate through to, to facebook ads i um i w- i would think too as more breweries open in Carroll County that's going to help a lot too because in Carroll County was kind of a desert for craft breweries for the longest time and and then uh, they're working on it but you've all of a sudden had several pop up Mm -hmm. so that that kind of lessens the load of the education aspect of at least the local people in that area yeah and for us I mean we're closer to um Carroll County is pretty big. Um, and, you know, we're closer to like pharmacy and BC brewing down okay. in the Valley. Um, so you, you kind of really have, I, you know, I was talking to Kevin Addicts, probably it's 
seems like forever ago, but I think it's only been a year, but it's like you could almost create like this circuit up through, you know, Baltimore County and, and into Carroll Just County. Just teeter the line all the way through. How, Carroll how, County struggles a little bit though, because they have these, it's a county with municipalities and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people get super focused on supporting their municipality, which I think is a blessing and a curse, you know, cause they don't think outside of their local, like I'm local too. Um, and where we are, you have Hampstead and Manchester that share a high school, but it's like support Manchester businesses or support Hampstead businesses. And there's, there's, you know, we're kind of like, well, can you just support all yeah. the North Carroll businesses or how about all of Carroll County? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. how about just kind of broaden it a little bit? Cause these, these municipalities are tiny in comparison. I mean, you have the town of Hampstead and then you have Hampstead as it belongs or, you know, is, is governed by the county itself, not the municipality. So there's a lot of crossover that, that I, you know, it's kind of like, can we just stay in a little bit? So yeah. we'll see, hopefully. Well, Hampstead's got, I mean, the growth potential here is, is amazing. You know, there's a new development going in. It's like 250 houses. Um, there's a guy locally, I think, who we don't know him personally, but he's buying up a lot of the old uh, recreational properties uh, and fitness facilities, and they're looking at putting in turf fields and, um, you know, all these different things to bring people in. Okay. Uh, right. So we're going to have a lot of uh, the influx of people for, like, sports tournaments and stuff like that. So that'll so, benefit the county as, yeah, a whole, as a whole, too, way. I think, because, you know, where we are, you have all of this land, but it's farm. <laughs> not being used for fields and a lot of the fields belong to the schools um which sometimes limits you know if you have high school sports that limits your ability to have a rec a rec sport game there yeah because they're always taken up by the school itself and the high school i mean this is and you can drive by the high school and they're out there i mean it's like from the second school not now because we're in hybrid but from when school lets out you know till night I mean, the lights are going on, field hockey, football, I mean, anything in the fall. And then it does the same thing in the spring with the baseball and the lacrosse. Okay. Let's take, um, sorry, I didn't give you guys a heads up beforehand, um, but we're going to take a real quick sponsor break. Um, and then we'll be right back. I think next we'll go with the story of where the name Pipe the Side came from. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. 
Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So where did the name Pipe the Side come from? So um, we we started out, I think we were going to call it like... We had like two anchored like Anchored down or something like that, but... Um, and then somebody's, I think somebody told us we'd probably get sued by Anchor. And I was like, there's no way they're going to bother us. But, um, but so we, we, we ended up. I think uh, that was solid advice, though, because I'm pretty sure you would yeah, get yeah. sued. <laughs> you don't want to take any chances, right? Um, so we so we started brewing um, right after uh, my son was one of the sailors that passed away in the USS John S. McCain accident over in Singapore back in 2017. Um, so we ended up having, um, you know, we needed something really to occupy our time and we, we started getting more into the home brewing and it always gone to like craft, you know, the, 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 the tap rooms and the breweries, whenever we traveled, we actually traveled to go to different tap rooms. Like plan vacations around it. <laughs> so, um, that, that was kind of the, the, the driver of us getting into doing what we're doing. And then, um. I forget where I was. We were at a, a friend of ours had made us a shadow box with all of my son's, um, the medals and uh, nice. awards and awards. the different flags that we had gotten uh, from the state and from uh, from the Navy. And um, there was a poem called The Watch. And I think the last line in the poem says, um, they read it at retirement and funeral services. And uh, when dignitaries move from one ship to the next and they say prepare to pipe the side uh and then there's a whistle that gets played um so we just we pulled the name from the last line of that poem so it's kind of a it's kind of a tribute to him and um you know it's we found ways in the space to really tie things back to him so it just seemed like a neat way to tie it all together that's an awesome tribute though and and, and it's a it's a nice way of taking a horrible tragedy and turning it into something uh, good yeah yeah no i mean it's in this in the spaces um you know when we first started talking to people about it they wanted to turn it kind of into this um i think they know, had an idea in their like, head of a mission barbecue sort of feel okay yeah, we, um, we didn't want it to be that no no we're more of like a timmy in general kind of feel um rather than like a very Navy military. I mean, there's some stuff in here, but there's also yeah, but there's like elements of like skateboarding and tattoo art and music and and books and you know there's there's things if you if you knew him you'd come in and say oh I see elements of things that he liked mm -hmm. and what he meant and you know what he was so so the 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 general motif of the brewery though is just kind of like all of your interests and passions. Mm -hmm. The goal, I think, was to to make a space where people could come and sit and find something that they could relate to. Because um, you know, there's there's lots of places that you go that are that they really kind of take that theme and they, they really take that down a path and and they stay right in that lane. Um, and that that can be, you know, that that just is what it is. Um, but there's just, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in here. Like I am five feet tall and he is six feet tall. So clearly we are on different levels. Like just in general, everything that we did was to be all inclusive and to just really kind of let 
anybody be able to enjoy the space. Even though I did just climb up into the chair that he pulled over (laughs) because it is difficult to get into the stool. Yeah, but we, he was, um, so we, from the, from the start, we said we wanted to create a space that was all inclusive, regardless of where you, where you came from or what your background is or what your race is or whatever, right? We wanted you to feel welcome here. Um, and that's kind of what we set out to do. And one of the, one of the basis, you know, one of the background things for that was he was, um, so Timmy's biracial, his mom's African-American. He actually started, um, he was part of the multicultural club at the high school up in Manchester, which was, was not, not giant. Um, but you know, he was, he, he went through a lot of stuff being, you know, being biracial in Carroll County when, you know, he was coming up through high school and he, he didn't let that phase him and he really was accepting of everybody. What, what does pipe the side mean? What does it mean? Yeah. I don't know that it means the, anything. It's just, it's, um, it, it was just a lot. It was a way to pull a reference from the last line of that okay. poem. Um, but if you, if you, if you read that, it says, um, it's, uh, Boswain, uh, prepare to pipe the side. And then there's a, there's actually a whistle, um, that they play that's specific to that, um, to that, uh, event. Yeah. I think that, I think that's just what it means. Like it's yep. literal. Like playing. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, cause I, I, like, I've been trying, like, while paying attention, you trying to look yeah. up what it means, and yeah. all I'm finding are, like, long paragraphs that, like, and, just, and then pictures yeah. of whistles. <laughs> yep. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a whistle. The military okay. stuff is hard like that. <laughs> yeah. We have a kid in the Navy now, too, and um, we're, we're not, we're, we're, we're not down with the lingo. Like we don't know what they're talking about. Um, I'm like, are we you st- on a boat? We still say boat and they correct you and say <laughs> ship. Like, it's a ship. <laughs> it's a boat to me. I don't know. I'm learning. We're learning. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got, I mean, it's, um, the people that are in the, that have been in the Navy know what it means. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, and we've got our CPAs, ex, ex Navy. Um, you know, we've still got a bunch of, uh, the people that were on uh, his his ship uh, that stay in touch with us that know what it means, and we've got you know our merch goes out to like random places because of you know people in the military moving all over. So okay, so it's kind of weird. We'll get like orders from Texas and mm-hmm. you know, South Carolina. <laughs> it's kind of it's just kind of weird. Um, completely unrelated to Brewery, but I, on the radio the other day they were talking about. Um, before the military academy games there used to be the the tradition of kidnapping each other's mascots um (laughs) then then they signed like signed an actual more or less treaty between all the academies that they would stop even though they still continue to do it um but someone called in to say when they were in the naval academy they they sent Navy SEALs to do reconnaissance at West Point <laughs> to video and like document where all their mules were. And <laughs> then they sent um, a group of cadets, kidnapped all four of West Point's mules, were chased down the, <laughs> the highway by state police, got onto the Naval Academy. And then rode the mules into the center of 
That was not our kids. <laughs> that was not ours. I can't remember when they said it was happening, but uh, like it was just it was fascinating listening to the story from the kid um from the the guy who was there when it happened like the the lengths that they would go to to kidnap animals from other other <laughs> branches of the military <laughs> i mean that's the first time i've heard of that so i'm gonna have to ask we'll ask todd ask our cpa if he's mm -hmm. kidnapped any animals yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he'll tell us we ask him if he's hiding from the feds so yeah. we well we ask everybody that's hiding ask, from the feds we do ask a lot of people if they're hiding from the feds <laughs> <laughs> i bet I guess at some point you may find someone you can call a tip hotline or, <laughs> or, or help them. I'm not, even, I'm not even sure how that started. I think is our, the guy that did our logo was hiding F from Scott. the feds. Oh yeah. So like we were, we were finding that like a lot of people don't use their real name. Yeah. So we asked him, huh. we were like, are you, do you happen to be hiding from the feds? That's why he used a different name. And then it just carried over. So we assume yeah, like everybody's like Instagram name is them hiding from the fence <laughs> even though we know it's not probably maybe hopefully or... hopefully yeah. it's, an awkward, <laughs> it's an awkward conversation <laughs> um so which one of you or do both of you do the brewing um we both do he does more of it now because his real life job because we both have other jobs right now um, his real life job offers a little more flexibility as far as mobility of being able to work from different places. Yeah. So for me, it's on weekends or in the evening. And we found out quickly that saying hanging out down here until like midnight is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After a regular work day and trying to come down and do it, it's not, was not, not working out, but we do, we, so we kind of, we kind of co, um, like the recipes and what we want to brew she kind of comes up with the like the flavors and stuff like that and says like i'd like to, maybe we should try a beer that tastes like this and then and I then he set does out the math figure okay. out how to make it. Okay. so because we're you know we're admittedly we're still learning right i mean we, we haven't been doing this a ton of time and um you pretty much give anything a shot from a flavor flavor perspective mm -hmm. and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't are um, are you going to specialize in any kind of styles like classical styles or do you just go across the board i think we'll just do what we feel like doing yeah if we feel like doing it yeah we and it's you know we're, we're kind of still figuring out i think what people are going to buy here mm -hmm. um and what what's going to bring people in like we have a cream ale that is really just a regular beer but it sells really super well here um but then brown ales like everybody yeah. wants a brown ale here it's, in it's which, funny which how I was, I was really excited about because I, I really like i really enjoy making brown ales yeah it's funny how like hazy ipas fruited sours and stuff like that get all the hype but then yeah. there's like this undercurrent of all this excitement about cream ales now for some reason yeah. other than yeah. like in maryland there are several like really good ones available um yeah. and then brown ales all of a sudden, which to me is just like a completely, I don't know, throwaway style of beer almost. Like I've never been a fan of brown ales. Yeah. But there's some really cool things you can do with brown the brown ale base, right? If you've got a really good one, you can add some really cool flavors. We've, 
we've got one sitting in the walk-in now that we're just waiting for tap space to put it on but we we use this um black tea and ginger blend uh that we got from the baltimore farmers market and it's i think it's really really good um so we're, we're super psyched about that i'm down with anything ginger <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you know the one we gave one of the ones we gave you was um, it actually has butternut squash in the mash. Okay. Uh, and then a lot of different um, spices like nutmeg, uh, allspice. <laughs> like a spice cabinet. It's probably a clover. <laughs> Under our table. There's probably a clover too in there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. Um, but I just it, think it's a nice style that you can add stuff too. As I was telling you before we started recording, this ESB is phenomenal. I love this beer. That's my favorite one that we have on tap right now. Yeah. It's nice because I feel like that is a very underappreciated style of beer. There, You rarely see them on tap anywhere now unless it's a place that, like maybe some brew pubs or places that are more uh, tri- traditional style driven. Um, yeah. But the, it, you don't see a ton of them anymore. Yeah. It's, it's it's one you um because you don't we so we carved it a little low right uh it's not carved super high um and i, I did, initially i thought we'd get a lot of questions about that because you know that's one of the things that all these people are like oh you know carved this way or that way and people haven't really questioned it but it's just been kind of neat but i thought we were going to get a lot of flack for that you know it's funny i typically like heavily carved beers i, I like it higher on the spectrum and I didn't take note of that at all when yeah. when drinking this. I guess it's just that the the flavor profile, of the beer, completely works so well that the lack of carbonation isn't noticeable. That's my favorite one to recommend to people when they come in who have. We get some a lot of people that will come in and say like. I've never had a craft beer, but you're a local Carroll County business and I want to support you, which I think is one of the coolest things about Carroll County. Um, But that's one of the ones I like to kind of throw at them because I think when you see what it is and then you taste it, you realize that you can't necessarily take a beer style and carry that into what it's going to taste like. So I think it led to some people trying some things that they maybe wouldn't have tried. Um, which is kind of neat, but that that's like my favorite one to throw out there because you see the word bitter and then to me you taste nuts to sum it up. Yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of, it kind of gives people that, that additional, like, it's like a things that make you go, hmm, kind of thing. And I like that about yeah. that one. Because I think you, you hear craft beer and you see what it, it can be and that's not really where we are. Um, like we, we're not, I mean, obviously we take it seriously because, you know, you're putting your name on a product, but at the same time, we're pretty laid back about it. So yeah. our descriptives can sometimes <laughs> be a little bit different or, you know, it, the goal, I guess, is to simplify it so that you can bring more people in to enjoy a locally made product. Because yeah. if you're drinking, why not drink something that's made in your own community or drink something where you know what's what's going into it i've um i've had that listed to me as like one of the top things that uh people who have craft breweries that they hate is trying to come up with the description of the beer yeah ours are written very very um very like us yeah it's (laughs) 
Yeah. And we'll sometimes throw in like something that somebody's like one of our employees, because we have a couple of employees, like something that they've said about it. It's like we did a we did a black goza, which is really kind of an oddball beer because it looks it's super dark, um, but it's got a little bit of the sour. And like I had a you know, guy Derek that works here. I was like I was like you got to give this a shot before I before I put it away. And he said um, he's like man that's weird but I like it. And I, and I think the I think the description actually says that. Um, Brewery Fire has a. Uh, I can't remember. No, I can't remember any of the details of it. Other than that, it does not look like a normal sour. It's black yeah. uh, for a kettle sour, at least. Um, yeah, I think that black it was that blackberry one that they just. Yeah, did. it yeah. is ridiculously good. Um, I can't remember the name or any other details of it, other than it was yeah. really, really good. <laughs> that's, our, that's our realm of can't remember, but we just know we liked it. Yeah, yeah Jesse was. He was actually here. He stopped by one morning, and we were talking about what I had in the fermenters. And I was like, "Oh, I said I've got a black goza." And we kind of—he's like—he's like, "Get out of here!" And I was like, "No, I was like, I was like, I've been wanting to make it for a long time. I think I had one down at um, I was down at Motorco down in Durham at a concert, and they had one on tap. And I was like, "Oh, I got to figure out how to make this." And um, we just kind of looked at each other because it was weird how we both had kind of the idea for this black goza. So. so ha- <laughs> Do you just use um, a tiny bit of like chocolate malt, or how uh, how do you do that? So it's uh, it's it's a regular goza, so some wheat, uh, the, the you know the acid malt, and then I actually I took the black the black malt and the roasted malt, and I put those in after the mash was done, so almost like steeped them almost uh, as part of the rinse. Um, so it didn't get like that super bitter astringency. Okay. Almost like a, almost like if you were making coffee almost. Oh, that's but it, it it turned like instantly black. It's pretty <laughs> it's pretty crazy to watch as I was transferring it to the boil. <laughs> but then it just tastes did it just taste like a normal goza or did it add some of like did it have a slight roastiness to it? It's got a, it's got a slight roastiness um, and the the bitterness is not super prominent but it's there because i think the roastiness kind of takes some of that away from it okay um, so it's it's a it's a mild roastiness and mild bitterness is what you get i think or mild sour i should say that's a, that sounds really interesting yeah and it looks super cool it pours super neat all right we will take um one more uh sponsor break and then when we come back um let's dive in a little bit more about um the thought process of why you guys decided to open a brewery there are many reasons why i've chosen district east for where i purchase beer i love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six-pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap their friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand you can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, 
organic ink, and low fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. Okay, so you had mentioned that um, kind of as an escape, you, you delved into homebrewing. Um, were you already homebrewing before then? And then you like, you just started doing it more or was that just a brand new hobby that you picked up? No, we, we ordered a kit online online when you use it, your stove. Okay. Yeah. That was a mess. Awful. <laughs> then we started doing so it outside. Sticky. Um, we bought some new, some, some new equipment, not, not super fancy. Started doing it up on the deck. Then it turned into like actually waking up early yeah. to brew beer, and it wasn't so much of just like hanging out in the afternoon in the yard and doing it. Yeah. And then it started to be like, let's see if we can do this. Or <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you're like, oh, I wonder if I could try that. Like, could we make that work on our deck? Yeah, and we. So we. All, I like. I've always liked cooking and playing around with flavors. So to me, it just seemed like a a way to, to take some of the things that I liked about cooking and do something else. See, I always like of creating food things. I prefer baking. And that's I think me. I prefer baking. And I think maybe that's why like it, I, I used to homebrew, but I never got super, super into it. And I think that might be why, cause like I would like, as you just said, I think homebrewing is much more analogous to cooking where there's, there are a lot more variables and there's an art to it. But in baking, if you just do what uh, an instruction says, it's almost going to always going to work. It's more yeah. like a scientific type steps to follow thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, we just, our, our equipment snowballed like really fast. Like we went, you know, we had a little one burner. We had an anvil burner that um, we were we were using outside, and then we got a three burner system. Mm-hmm. Kids then, probably thought we were crazy because all of this stuff was literally like stored in our laundry room. Yeah, <laughs> at one we're, point we're like coming in and out of the house. There's like fire and propane tanks on the patio because <laughs> <laughs> we because we had these giant we had these giant propane burners that we couldn't use on the deck, so we had to put them on the patio, and then. <laughs> Then we realized we had to pump the beer, I think, 40-some feet mm-hmm. through the basement into the burner. <laughs> so there's, like, a hose. And then we're running. We're, like, inviting people over to pick up. You're like, we're inviting strangers from the Internet to our home to pick up beer yeah. for free. So basically, you, op- you opened a brewery because your hobby got out of control. Because our hobby became no longer safe yeah. for our personal security. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think I forget when it was. It was probably like the end of 2018. We hit the we we pitched the idea to the town. I think. In, yeah, we were in, terrified in, in going April, to the town. In April of 2018, and then we got things ready to where we were able to hit that last farmers market in Hampstead in like September of 2018, and um, just with free samples, which was, the locals loved. It was super well received. <laughs> we were like. It just kept going, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then I think the far being at the farmers market led us to being um, exposed to like a whole new realm of ingredients that we hadn't considered maybe before. So it was like, oh, I don't know. Look at that on that table. You think we could put that in a beer? And next thing you know, we're getting butternut squash. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, let's get some of these and we'll mash these berries up and see if we can stick them in a beer. So that kind of led to a whole new way to connect to other businesses locally which was kind of neat yeah yeah and then i we started out with this super generic business plan that looked like maybe like a middle school kid wrote it mm -hmm. for part of their like <laughs> class yeah and then we, we we hired a consultant to help us with that and then he really got the he didn't really he didn't so much write it for us he was really good at leading us to what needed mm -hmm. to be in it, right? Without saying exactly what we needed to do. And then we ended up with this, you know, 60 page business plan that was was, was really well received by the bank. And they were like, cool, we want to do this. He, <laughs> we he, like, was a good, he was a good match for us too, because he, he would literally come over and sit in the basement with us and we would just have conversations and drink coffee and just talk. And he was able, it was like having a guidance counselor in school <laughs> that's steering you on your career yeah. path because he was able to like have you take what you said and then turn it into like a, 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 a task or a bullet point that you could actually put on a business plan that would make sense. Yeah. It translated into something that would make a bank happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've just, and then we, you know, you just, you learn so much about what, you need to put in it right we're all of a sudden we're looking at traffic studies and demographics yeah, like, and census data and it's like wow, how many like what's the percentage of males to females within the town limits of hampstead like i, I don't care about that <laughs> in my real life right like i'm not like questioning but it's all that kind of stuff goes into it and then figuring out like how many miles of what's the radius mileage of a you know the next space or what's your demographic outside of your town what's the next demographic yeah well it's really it's really kind of it just kind of we know a lot about the town of <laughs> so that's what you're trying to say is like you just you know a lot about hampstead now <laughs> we know a lot about hampstead right now it's just kind of one of those things that I mean, we, yeah we were at all the town meetings we're like watching police chiefs being sworn in we're like you know attend because you you want that's what you want to do you, you want to see the behind the scenes of this town that you you know you're 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 putting your business into i i moved up here and lived in hampstead he had always lived in manchester um so you know mm. I was a little bit more familiar, I think, with Hampstead and their activities, but not not so much behind the scenes. So it was neat to see the processes that go into it. And the, the town has been supportive um, with our some of our events um, as far as, you know, helping us with permit, because you need a permit for everything. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, guiding us on that pathway and saying like, here's, here's this, this is what you need to fill out to be able to get this. If you fill this out, we'll sign it. You pay this fee. This is how it works. 
Yeah, that was, that was something I was going to ask earlier when you, you were talking about the permitting and the offices and things. Like, so I would say, I would imagine one of the biggest obstacles that COVID through opening a brewery now would be the already slow, miserable process of getting those permits, getting those inspections probably were amplified and lengthened and made even more difficult. We, we hired, so we, we sailed through the state and federal permit um, application process. Um, because I, I, I was talking to Rich down at BC Brewing and he's like, Tim, just, he's like, talk to Williams compliance and mm-hmm. have them do it. Right. So we hired them to do it and we got through really fast. Um, which actually came back to bite us a little bit because we came, we were like two weeks before completing our construction. And we found out that the state actually issued our license last year, <laughs> even though we didn't have a physical location. <laughs> So they canceled our license and we had to reapply like literally two weeks before. Oh, geez. Uh, we were ready to ready to start brewing, but they fat, they, you know, they, they worked at, they were actually great to work with the fast track, of course. So it's like some of the, to... some of the... yeah, I think it, that it ha- it's been a long time since I've discussed like this type of, uh, aspects of opening a brewery at all. And I, I think I remember it always being the state was the easy one to work with. And it's usually the local municipalities that have caused problems for breweries to open. Here, here it was a little, um, so like I was saying before with Carroll County being divided, I'm not sure how it is over, over by you and Frederick, but you have all these little towns. So, so the town will develop or the town will adopt a code. Right? Yeah, and and Frederick's say, more or less the same, back, I think. Refer back to your county code. So, so as far as um, getting our applications in for for zoning, that was that was super easy um, because what applies to Carroll County um, jurisdictions doesn't apply to us here in Hampstead. It was whatever the town code was, so we were well within what we needed. Um, we did run into almost a glitch with the liquor license with the county because of the number of licenses that they issue. Yeah. Um, per, like, I, I, don't, I still don't fully understand the math behind it. It's like if you have X amount of residents, then you can have X amount of licenses with this letter in front of it. Yeah, we had the, the, and the but the county was great because they, they had to modify something in their code. I think it's for the class B, I think it is in the county. Um, Cause there was a place a little bit further south of us that um, was looking to open like a like a restaurant with a bar and they took up the last liquor license and then we we were literally like we filed like a day after them so we did we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to open we honestly didn't know what we were going to do if that was mm-hmm. an issue and then they the, the county modified the seating requirement for whatever license this guy was going for so he switched okay and that opened one up for us so that yeah. was almost a mess because all include yeah because you have like um up here we had a linens and lace tea room that had a liquor license and i believe like if you're a salon that serves you know if you if you have ladies or men's getting their hair did 
um, and you offer a beverage for them, yeah. then you have to have, you know, you can't just be out there like serving alcohol just because you're open. It's, you know, if you're a business. So there were all, and it's, it's really not a big town. So, so we were kind of, we, and we looked at each other and when that came, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because I <laughs> this whole process, it was like one, like, pause point after the next after the next where like in hindsight we probably should have gone to like a clairvoyant or something and been like bless you bless you are you sure this is the best pathway for us to take because i feel like the universe was sending out like all these signals that were maybe like hey guys maybe not your best idea we ignored every sign that said (laughs) turn around don't do this uh, we have a couple um, barber shops in Frederick that have beer on tap. Although I've I haven't been to any of them. I feel like I should. I might enjoy getting a haircut more if I had a beer while doing it. Yeah, it's and it's still a fairly it's a new concept, like you said. I mean, it's not like Carroll County's got a ton of these. So the the, the county, I think, is still trying to figure out how to classify it and what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there I was guess into with like. Did the health department need to come in um, to to inspect? But we're not making food, right? So there's there's no like giant pizza oven or no grill, yeah. or, you know. So we had, and then your your state license for alcohol is dependent on you closing out your building permit um, and getting an occupancy through the county. So it's like all of these, and then you're going through these hurdles. It's like, well, this. Then the fire marshal wants, you know, two fire extinguishers, not just one fire extinguisher, you know. So all those little tiny things can set you back a couple of days. Or weeks. Or weeks in our case. Yeah, and I guess when I, when I said that it was local places giving trouble, it, it wasn't even necessarily from an adversarial stand, standpoint. It was just yeah. that they may have been the first brewery to open in that area. So... It was just a lot of what you were just describing, like figuring out how yeah. to write it into code and zoning and make it legal for a brewery to operate. Yeah. And you really learn about a lot about water. You just mm-hmm. say, so much about water. <laughs> the importance of water. Because we, we looked at Westminster and you couldn't, problem is the water. They only allocate out so much. Oh, really? Yeah. So there so aren't going to be any more breweries in Westminster? I think they're working yeah, on the water. I think, I think it's because you, know. you also have, you know, like, especially in our town, um, you know, you're talking about some buildings that were initially constructed without, which I know is the same thing everywhere, but without plumbing, you know, and it's some, some of these places, I mean, you can drive by and you can even see houses in the woods on these back roads that still have the outhouses that are still standing that you know people aren't using, but they're still standing. So yeah. you know that this is just an area in general where some of these things, well, they're not like new as in we just got them in the last decade. They're new as in they have not always been here. And, and maybe when it was initially constructed, it wasn't, you know, they didn't understand the growth potential. So the first time that I had beer from you guys, that would have been from a homebrew system right not from what you have at the brewery yeah that would have been home that would have been homebrew which yeah. was i mean it was really good then too so it's Our backyard yeah. yeah i think we're still making <laughs> that i think that was the curious adventures in new england ipa yeah it was it was an it was yeah. definitely new england ipa i don't remember the name but 
Yeah, we brewed that one here a few times, and it's, it sells out almost like right away. People, people really like that one. So you guys are pretty small, right? You're at a, you said a one one barrel system, right? Yeah, one barrel. We have one barrel, eight one barrel fermenters, four half barrels, and three teeny tiny ones from home that we really use for ciders. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're we're the menu changes over pretty quickly here. How Sometimes. how yeah. often do you have to brew? Uh, we're we're about three or four times a week. Okay. Yeah, it's it's because we're only open the one day, so it's it seems to three to four days a week seems to be managing the, what we need. But we you know we haven't started canning yet, um, which we plan to do, um, and then we haven't really done any distribution yet. So we you know we we'll probably have to brew more frequently to manage those things. Do you have space to put in anything larger? Because I feel like you're going to need some. <laughs> but like I well like just based on. Like if you're selling out of your one beer instantly already, um, your beer's really good. So as people know you're there and you can actually be open, I yeah. have a feeling you're going to go through a heck of a lot more beer. Yeah. So we uh, well, we probably don't have room to add anything bigger here um, <clears throat> because it's only it's only 1,200 square feet. Okay. Uh, in total. So, um, but we did uh, we did work in writer first refusal on the empty space next to us, uh, which is another 3,400 square feet. Okay. Um, initially we leased both of them, um, but we got our construction budget back and it was like close to a million dollars. And we were like, (laughs) (laughs) my goodness. That's a lot of money. And we're old. Like we don't know, like we're not like 20 and like, Oh, we have got this ridiculously like, long life in front of us like we're you know i'll be 42 this year so that's that, that's like at the point where people are like i don't know what i'm going to do with the next part of my life but i didn't envision that like I, paying down a million dollar construction i don't appreciate you referring to 42 is really old <laughs> i mean old, i am old in comparison to the younger people that we know okay <laughs> I'm more than half. Yeah. I'm half dead. You're so. halfway to 100. So <laughs> half dead. <laughs> That's a, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on more the down that. slope. <laughs> I'm on the back side of life. <laughs> oh, that got dark real quick. <laughs> That's us, though. <laughs> so if need be, um, you have more space to move into yeah. if you... Yeah, and we designed this space so that we can pop a hole in the wall to get into the next space. Okay. And we put our we put our walk in, um, which which takes up about thirty about thirty to forty percent of the space. That's a lot. Um, it's not thirty. We, we put that on a wall so that we could come in through the other side. Okay. To tap into it if we need to. So the the thought was we would keep this space as strictly to go sales. And maybe keep the one barrel for sours and stuff like that, and then um, put a bigger system on the other side. So, how how far away is the closest other brewery to you? Probably pharmacy. Pharmacy. Pharmacy is about fifteen minutes, maybe. Yeah. And then BC Brewery is probably another fifteen minutes beyond that, fifteen twenty. Yeah. We haven't been the big truck yet, but they're they're not too far away. Okay. And then Rollman. Rollman. 
That's a farm brewery. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Are they new? Fifteen miles, maybe. What Roman? Yeah. Yeah, they're a small farm brewery here uh, in Manchester. I think they they teeter that like Hampstead Manchester line. I don't fully understand the boundaries once you get on these back roads. It's, it's difficult to tell where you are until you mail somebody something. Yeah. <laughs> you have to put a zip code on it. But the closest Carroll County one is probably Pub Dog. Pub Dog. Okay. Uh, and then we're closer to some of the ones up at Hanover. I don't think I've ever heard of Roland before. No, I don't know. I don't think they do. I don't think they do too much. They do a lot of, um, they have some festivals in the summer. I think it's tough this year because of the COVID. <clears throat> but okay. I know they do, um, they do some festivals. I believe they did something with the Humane Society. Yeah. Um, they do like some big Jerry Fest or it's like yeah. some Woodstock type thing. Okay. They have a disc golf course on the, mm-hmm. on the farm. I haven't they been grow, the f- they grow hops there. I haven't been the pharmacy or big truck yet either, but I've heard both are really good places to go to. Yeah, pharmacy's doing some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Pharmacy they... reminds me of like a farm version of Suspended. Okay. Um, yeah. Which that's that's in my head. That's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's they're they're using some really neat stuff that they're mm-hmm. growing on the farm. Like he'll post some pictures of stuff, and you're like, "What's that?" Mm-hmm. And they're they're just nice. They just seem like they're, really they're, nice. Yeah, people. they they've been nice. We um, I think we. We met them. We loaned them some can. We, we, we did loan them some cans, but we yeah. met them not long after they had opened. Yeah. So what? Um, how are you going to gauge when you'll open up um, for on-site consumption? Well, mm, that'll be COVID restriction guideline. Okay. Related. Our occupancy without COVID is 25. Five, twenty-four. Oh, so it's not even worthwhile. No, so that's that's what people will ask, and they'll be like, "When are you? You know, when are you doing this?" And I'm like, "Well, as soon as COVID restrictions, you know, kind of ease up." And then some people totally get it, and they're like, "Oh, that makes sense because twenty-five divided in half is not a lot of people." And then you have staff, and then other people are like, you know, because that whole COVID thing just has people all over the yeah spectrum anyway. Yeah, it's it's more advantageous for us to to do the to-go and then focus on the canning, um, which we plan to start now in April. Okay. We bought a canning okay. system that we are going to end We're up gonna selling. Sell it. We, we just used put it. the deposit on the new one last, last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> but that's not, yeah, we haven't even used it. Um, we actually, we will use it for storage. <laughs> it holds like pressure relief valves. And, uh, and we keep our boots underneath We it. keep our boots under there. Um, what, um, what, what kind of What's the new one that you ordered? Uh, we got the Wild Goose. Uh, the Gosling? Gosling? Okay. Yeah. They must because have sold a ton of those in the last few yeah, months. A ton. Um, and we got pushed out. We're in the queue, but we're not. Our unit's not expected to ship until towards the end of April. That's. A, I mean, it, it almost might be good, though, because... Yeah. Like, any although i haven't heard any complaints of people who've gotten goslings but it's new products but so by then they should have any kind of revisions and kinks and stuff worked out and um although from what i understand wild goose is a a phenomenal company for customer support and things so i guess that wouldn't even really be um a concern yeah we we the appeal to us is it's it's we have the cask mcs right now 
Um, and this one is less, a little less manual all the way through. And it's also on wheels. Wheels. It's like the, it's like if a lady's dress has pockets, if a piece of brewing <laughs> equipment has wheels. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause, uh, let's see. Saints row just got one. They just canned their first beer with it, even though he's had it for several months at this point. Um, and midnight run, uh, purchased one recently i don't know if they're using theirs yet or not um but i i find a lot of similarities between you and midnight run um excluding the you make beer that like i don't know i've drank a good bit of this crowler if i were to do that with a midnight run beer i wouldn't be able to talk to you any longer because they yeah we're really into the yeah, we 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 from the start we wanted to we wanted to focus on that four to eight percent range. Yeah. Would, yeah, there you go. Call me old again. <laughs> but because I'm old, I also appreciate that. For, <laughs> you have nothing need to do in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you have to wake up and you have to function. And we have children. We have a lot of children. Like. <laughs> Is a ridiculous? No, it's like nine between the two of us, and some are grown. That is a lot of children. I can barely handle two. God bless you, too. <laughs> they're all over the place. So one's, one's thirty-one years old. <laughs> one's eleven. So there's this ridiculous number of humans that exist that could call us at any time, and you got to be able to like feel that with a and whole range of problems too. Styles or like. Hey, I'm thinking about buying a home because yeah. that's where they are on the spectrum. So, you know, just in general, it's nice to be able to hang out and have something to drink that's not, not like tea. Yeah. <laughs> you have tea or, um, or water, but then still be able to wake up and do everything you need to do in the morning. But, like, um, size wise, you two are very similar on how you open. I think, I want to say they had, they may have just had a one barrel to start off with, too tops it was a three barrel um they midnight run opened because they were home brewers that their hobby got out of control uh and they needed to start selling the beer so that they could keep making more beer relatable we haven't been there we haven't had their stuff yet we'll have to check them out it's dangerous because it's all super high abv and none of it tastes like it is it, yeah. it tastes like it's a five percent beer and it's all really, it's super good um, and dangerous. Do so. they have the big beer, little beer option in their tap room? Like I I believe so. But they, and they also sell small crowlers, which I highly appreciate. They have oh, the yeah. twenty, the 25 ounce ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. We, so we, yeah, we, um, we didn't do, so we went away from flights. We're not, we're not going to do flights here. Just because we only have nine beers on tap. Yeah. A lot of places have started to move away from that, especially now like COVID forced them to. And then a lot of places said they don't plan on going back to it. Cause yeah. like, I agree with the, like right now, if I try another beer, it's not going to taste the way it's supposed to taste after drinking I guess a couple glasses of an ESB at this point, but it's like the same. You like you have a super hoppy IPA, and then you try something else. It's not going to be. You have no idea what it tastes like, and then you have a bunch of a holes leaving bad reviews of something because they tried something on their fifth beer when their palate was completely wrecked. Yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we, we went that direction. I think we were actually talking to, we were talking to Tony about um, why he doesn't, why they don't do flights. 
And then I think we were at Collusion up in York and they have just the, the 16 and then I think the six or the five ounce and the 10 or 11, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And so we would always go ourselves and order like a pint and then a tiny one because, you know, we, she just doesn't, she doesn't drink as much or as fast as I do. Because she's old. Because I'm old. It has nothing to do with the 14-inch <laughs> height difference. <laughs> and the 100 pounds. And the 100 pounds. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to try. So typically, if we go out and something is a higher ABV, he, he'll, if he orders it, right, I can have a sip. But, again, as an older person who is responsible and tends to like to keep my business in check when I'm in the public. <laughs> I don't want to go and have, you know, I can't have something that's at eight or 9% and then dr drive home Yeah. or multiple glasses, you know, and you're also relying too on these breweries when they put that, that number up there for that to be accurate. So if you are somebody who's, tolerance is lower for no other reason than you're just a smaller person. It's difficult to look or at something old. and say, can I do a five and a, and a, and a six? Can I do a four and a two? Like you're, you're trying <laughs> to math your ability to drive home. So those smaller glass sizes make it easier for you to be able to say, oh, I know I can have two of these and that's fine because yeah. that's 10 ounces of beer. You're not even at a full pint at that point. So, but again, these are problems that probably most men don't have because they're not sitting at the bar trying to math the ABC <laughs> yeah, to get I, home. I don't, I don't sit down at a bar and bust out equations to order my beer. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they're like, if I have a number one and a number seven. Carry the X, multiply <laughs> by pi. <laughs> you're like trying to calculate what the total percent is. You're like, so is that a 17%? Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's awesome that you'll be canning already. I like, I love, so, um, trying to look on the bright side of things. Um, if anything good has come out of COVID, it's kind of, um, at least as a, from a consumer, it has forced you guys to, um, to start canning more quickly than you may have originally. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the, the variety available at your local liquor store. Did he drop? No, I'm still here. I, my camera oh, just decided that oh. didn't want to work anymore. But just the availability of craft beer at liquor stores has is, is grown a ton, right? Um, just your options when you walk into your local liquor store, I think, is so much different than it was a year ago. Well, and people, people being at home and not traveling outside so i think it's been a way for people within the community to see what's actually available in their community yeah. i mean people are discovering at least i know where we are i mean we have um we have a lady who's making cookies um with her cottage kitchen mm -hmm. kitchen cottage whatever that maryland cottage kitchen baking thing is and, oh. and you know there's a, a candle maker that we have that's making candles so people have been exposed to people living in their own community that are that are making goods and or providing services and I think that's kind of just been an extra an extra added bonus of of the word of mouth and the you know the advertising that's a, a class. um 
where you bring up the so much more being available at stores, that's one thing I'm wondering what's going to happen when tap rooms open back up to full capacity. Like, is that going to, is that access at stores going to completely dry up? I assume that's what's going to happen because they're, you can, you can go into a liquor store now or a beer store and buy beer that was only ever available at breweries at one time. So that, even the local place here, the little liquor, the liquor store in the center of town, they had some Aslan beers uh, in cans. And I was like, wow, that's kind of neat. Never thought I'd see that making its way to Hamsa. So Aslan's a, that that'll be really interesting to see how what happens with them because i know right at the same time they also had a huge production expansion mm-hmm. um but i'm i would imagine that taproom restrictions have put a lot of stuff into packaging that yeah. more than would normally so that that and, and i would assume like in frederick too that'll probably dry up because we get Aslan drops, but I can't imagine once they're selling beer through their tap room again that we're yeah. going to continue to get that. So when you when you start canning, do you plan on sending stuff out right away, or like that? Or yeah, I think we will. Um, so we we made the switch to the new canning system, or ordered the new canning system, but I think that was good because we wanted to make sure we were consistent with the beers that we were going to put in cans. Okay. So before we started, yeah. So, cause everything's new here, right? It's a new, it's a new brewing system. It's new water. It's new malt. It's new yeast. It's new hops, right? Everything's different from what we were doing before. Um, and we're on like our third and fourth batches of some of these beers. So we we're kind of hitting, we're consistent now with some of them. So we, we feel good about canning them and, um, I think we'll send it out to anybody that's willing to okay. take it, right? If I send it out, you may drive it in our personal vehicles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so tell people where to find you. So we are at uh, 721 Hanover Pike, um, Unit 147 in Hampstead, Maryland. And it's the Roberts Field Shopping Center. And you're pipe the side brewing on social media right or does it have the comp- yep. okay yep. Uh, on all the places that matter yep. and mm-hmm. no, we're not on pinterest <laughs> i mean yeah. I, I guess that might matter but i don't think i've ever looked on pinterest for anything <laughs> like it'll come up as a result on a google search every once in a while and i just yeah, avoid that we don't have any yelp reviews yet so, no uh, that's kind of got me like every day he'll like wake up in the morning and be like oh we don't have any new yelp reviews and i'm like is this a serious conversation at 6 30. i uh although that might be good because it if that's what i tell him (laughs) yelp trip any of those review websites like TripAdvisor, yelp uh, i'm sure there are other ones i can't think of the names of that's where people go to put the really in-depth bad reviews (laughs) any brewery that's ever read um like a real scathing hilarious and they're usually hilarious because the person's usually so out there uh but it's always on one of those websites chris i take these things to heart too i get really sad (laughs) (laughs) to where i've got i've got friends telling me to get rid of my untapped Mm -hmm. there's it doesn't bother me at all like i can read it and i'm like oh that's fine 
the, but then uh, like you like he'll think about it and process it <laughs> and then like we'll be having a totally different conversation you know 14 days <laughs> later and then he'll like it's he jumps back into it and i'm like man i don't forget people's names either <laughs> got this ridiculous memory of like faces and names so he will remember if somebody gave him a not so favorable review and then like you could see that person in like target because we have like one target in carroll county we might have more but we have like one in westminster and he'll be like you know you can see somebody's face and be like that was the person that said and i'm like what are you talking about are are you uh are either of you kevin smith fans at all no, I'm, no. Because no, uh, really. I mean, all, all I could like picture in my head is the scene in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they're going house to house of people who have left bad reviews and like, are you <laughs> username, whatever, and, and read it yeah. to them and attack them. <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the death of me one day. <laughs> or you'll like so, like so many other people just delete the app from your phone and yeah. stop reading them and paying attention to them. Yeah. Jesse told me to delete the app. Yeah, oh, and I was just going to give that as an example. I was there one day last week. I don't remember what day it was, uh, but we were doing a beer together and we were talking about that, like how he had to get rid of it because it just would weigh on him and he would keep checking and as I pointed out, and I'm sure it's, it'll be in, end up being the same way for you guys too, that you'll probably have enough devoted local people that if you have a problem or something that you would be able to gleam from reading reviews, someone's going to tell you like yeah. it, it, you're, mm -hmm. you're not going to have to rely on those, those avenues to find out if you have something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I just wish it was, I wish the format gave you, like if somebody, somebody left a bad rating, I wish it almost drove a comment, right? That, you know. Like oh, that you couldn't just put zero, like half a, or a quarter, I think is the lowest yeah. you can put without putting a comment about it. Yeah, I you, wish. If you, leave, if you leave a bad review, like what's, your, what's the, what would you, what would, what would we have done differently, right? I wish but, that it was like an actual social network where, like you could just reply to people like yeah as i want to be able to reply to people <laughs> yeah you you can from the untapped for business we don't we don't just yeah but i think out. i don't think there's any way as just a user to be able to reply to anything no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. cuz that wouldn't always be good for me <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know both of you are busy people. Um, you have well, a couple dozen kids or something to take care of. So I don't want to, um, I don't want to take up much. More. <laughs> um, so I would thank you so much for, uh, spending some time with me today. I look forward to when your tap rooms open, I can take the journey out to there and have a, uh, beer with you guys in person. Uh, so hopefully yeah, that's quickly. I'm just waiting for that vaccine to be jabbed into my arm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having us. It's been great. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for being right there. Yeah. And uh, thank you everyone for watching and listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook 
And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.